What a wonderful God we serve. How faithful He is and how faithful He will continue to be. Welcome home. How many of you got to go away on holiday a little bit? Let's see. Okay, so there were quite a few of you who did the garden route. Well, I, I tell you, the garden route is also great. But I wanted to say, welcome home. Because you know what? Life is not about the holidays. Life is not about the weekends. Life is about what happens every day. And you see, sometimes we miss, we miss the moment. Because we're so focused on the next holiday, the next weekend, and we miss the moments that God gives us along the way. So welcome home. And I trust that it's just going to be a wonderful term. Don't start looking forward to the Easter long weekend. Start worrying now about the term ahead of you and the things that God might want to do and, and the things that you can enjoy, things that you can value, the things that can be of great importance. So that's my, my message to you. Welcome home, and I trust it will be a, a wonderful 2018 with many wonderful things from the Lord. My message today is entitled, Where Are You? Where are you? And perhaps it's a question that we should ask at the beginning of the year. Where are we? Where are we with our relationship with God? Are we where we want to be? Are we where we should be? Are we where we once were? Where are we in our relationship with, with the Lord? Is there anything blocking our relationship with Him? Is there anything we, we're trying to hide from Him? Anything we're trying to withhold? Or are we ready for it? Are we, is everything in place? And sometimes I believe it's so important that we just pause for a moment and just ask ourselves that question. Where are you? And I want to read from the book of Genesis. I'm so glad that uh, you mentioned Elohim and the beginning in Genesis. And it's this, it's this wonderful thing that God does. He creates this wonderful garden for Adam and Eve, and He, he creates everything, and they have, a, they have a wonderful environment to live in. It's called, let's call it paradise. It's beautiful. And you know, they have a great jobs. They, they, they've got great jobs. Do you know what their jobs are? They've got to give the animals names. I mean, it's a great job. Now, do you think they were waiting for the holiday? No, I, I, I think they were enjoying every moment. But it's a beautiful story, at the same time, a story with a sad twist. And so if you will read with me from Genesis chapter 2, from verse 15, and we'll read a couple of verses. It says in Genesis chapter 2, from verse 15, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. God has placed you somewhere. Not to wait for the weekend. He's placed you somewhere. It's not an accident. It's not a mistake. The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded him, 
You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. I'm still quite surprised how he got to giraffe and hippopotamus, but never mind. So the man gave names to all the livestock and the birds of the wild and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Verse 21. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and becomes one flesh. Interesting how the whole marriage thing has just popped in there. Adam and his wife were both naked and felt no shame. Chapter 3. Now the serpent, who was more crafty, than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The, the, garden? The, the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say we must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw the fruit on the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. And this key verse, but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? And it's almost like that question echoes over all of history. It echoes here in this room today. Where are you? He answered. He said, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the man said, the woman who, put, who you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. Strange. This holiday, while we were away, I haven't seen a snake on our farm in 25 years. 
this holiday, we had to see two. And the kids were playing near the grid when they discovered this one snake. And you know, the snake was doing what they like to do best, and that is get away. And the kids went after it. <laughs> now, if you're here and you're younger than 100, I just want to advise you, when you see the snake, go in the opposite direction. And so we, we had that incident, and then one afternoon, I was, we were trying to have a bit of a nap, and the next thing I hear, this clanging of spades on cement, and, 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 and there's another one at the tap where everybody outside where you can wash your hands. And it's a, it's a strange creature. And so we were, we were aware of this. And in verse 15, it's God speaking. He says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between you and your offspring and hers. And he will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. It's a very unusual scripture. It's a message all in its own, and it's about God's immediate plan of action to rectify what had happened. So the question is, where are you? And there's a couple of things I, I just wanted to focus on. Firstly, that relationship with God is God's original design for you. God wants relationship with you. That was his original design. You were not put here primarily to be a bookkeeper or an accountant or a school teacher. You were put here to have relationship with God. And the whole story of, of the Garden of Eden is the story of how Jesus would come, uh, God would come in the cool of the evening and he would come and walk with Adam and Eve and talk with them. It was relationship. Everything was about relationship. And I love the picture of this going for a walk in the cool of the evening. When I was younger and still stayed at home, my mom and I used to walk around the suburb, and it used to be so lovely. We used to just walk and talk, talk about things that had happened or we'd been through. We could just walk, walk and talk. It's the most, to me, it's a, it's a beautiful picture of relationship. And it wasn't, it wasn't a race track. It wasn't a quick appointment. It was relaxed interaction. That's what God has for you. And even when he sent his son Jesus, it was an attempt to bring humanity back to relationship. Bring back, restore the relationship. And the, and the question is, 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 is relationship with the Lord important to you? Is, is it important? Are you going to pursue it? We've said this year, our theme is going to be life in the word or embracing the word in our spiritual walk, and I, I trust that you will, and that you will embrace a relationship with the Lord, because that's what's on his heart for you. The second thing is that I, I see we need to develop our sensitivity to his presence. We need to develop our sensitivity to his presence. Now, in this scripture, if you go to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8, it says, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord 
as he was walking in the garden. Now, for some unknown reason, that particular scripture is, it just sticks in my mind. They heard the sound of the Lord. The, the Garden of Eden must have been a massive place, and Adam and Eve must have wandered in many directions, but there would come a time in the day when they would hear a sound, and they knew what that sound was. They had developed this ability. They knew what the sound was. Some Bible translations speak about a voice, but most speak about a sound. And I believe there's a sound, that God has a, a sound, an individual sound for each one of us, and we need to develop our sensitivity to that sound. The Bible says, my sheep know my voice. So, I want to encourage you in this year to develop your sensitivity to his presence. Don't be too busy. Don't be too consumed because he's calling you to a deeper relationship with himself. And sometimes there's just too much noise. There's too much noise going on. There's too many things and we've got to, we've got to decide what's going and what's staying so that we can develop this relationship with him. And he comes to us whether we are sinners or whether we are saints. He comes. And we need, to, we need to learn that sound. We need to be aware of that sound. And we mustn't just brush over it. This morning, as I was busy preparing and praying, eventually I got onto my chair and the study has a big east window and there's lots of bushes. The neighbors have got enough bushes for 25 properties, and there's bushes everywhere, so we don't have uh, a, a lot of sun, but uh, I was kneeling, and I faced the back of the chair to the window, and I was praying, and I was just praying for our situation as a family, and for the service. I was praying for you and the people who would be here today, and I was just praying behind this, the backrest of the chair, and eventually I just lifted up my head. I said, thank you, Lord. Amen. And I lifted up my head, and the sun was shining through a gap right on my face, and I just sat there for a moment, and I said, I hear the sound. You are here. You have heard my prayer. Shine on. Let the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in His wings on me. So that today, the Son of Righteousness can arise and shine on everybody here. We need to learn, learn that sound. Point number three, avoid the great divide. The great divide is sin. Sin is the thing that separates. And we must avoid it. Because we don't want to be separated from God. We want to know relationship with God. You see, after Adam and Eve had now done what they did, it says in verse 8 of chapter 3, it says, So they hid from the Lord among the trees. I mean, how futile is that? Do you honestly think that God can't see them? Do they honestly think that? And how often when we as human beings do something wrong, we want to run away? During the December break, some friends of ours had a terrible tragedy that happened to them. Their daughter, who lives in America, was killed in a hit and run 
in, my, in Florida, in the United States, while going to buy some McDonald's. And the driver drove away. They did find him. It was a terrible tragedy. But you see, in our human nature, is to do something wrong, run away. Do something wrong, run away. What did Adam and Eve do something wrong? We're going to run away. No one's going to find us. But God sees everything. And we don't want a great, we don't want a divide. It says in Isaiah 59 verse 2, it says, But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he does not hear. You see, we don't want that. When sin comes in, there's a change of dynamic. The, the, the dynamics change. And we don't want that to take place. We don't want a blockage. We want, we want things to be open. The funny thing is with Adam and Eve, they even changed their appearance. They went and made clothes out of fig leaves and tried to even look different. Have you ever seen how people try to look different on Facebook? <laughs> it never fails to amaze me how gorgeous people look on Facebook. Maybe Adam and Eve thought, man, God's going to think we look gorgeous in these fig leaves. You know, I don't know. But God sees through all of that. He doesn't want to know. He doesn't look at your Facebook page and think, whew, you look smashing. He, th he looks, he sees your heart. Sorry, that was a bit of a diversion. And if there is something that's blocking, it says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Isn't that beautiful? So there doesn't need to be a blockage. Point number four, that time, the cool of the day. It must have been a very special time. Every afternoon in the cool of the afternoon, God would just arrive. They would hear a sound. I don't know. I sometimes imagine what that sound must have sounded like. I don't know. Sometimes for me, it must, I think it could have been a very loud sound. Sometimes I think it could have been a very gentle sound. I, I, I don't know. But he would, he would arrive that time. There was a great man who served the Lord so faithfully. He still does. Friend of our family. And he used to always write in the front of his diary every year when he got his diary. A diary, for those of you who don't know, is something where you put down what you're going to do. Um, <laughs> I know most of you don't have a diary, so. but he would write it there, there are only two days in my life, this day and that day, this day that God has given me and that day when I will see him face to face. And it, it's always stuck in my mind, you see, because life can be compared to a day. We say, well, he's had his day, he's had his innings. And so we can compare it in this way. And life has its dawning and its birthing and it has its daytime period, the heat of the day. And then it has its ending or its setting or the cool of the day. And God would arrive in the cool of the day. And, and the, if I may make another diversion, you never know when the cool of the day will arrive for you. I remember when I was doing national service. How many of you did national service? Let me see. See if there's any men here. Ah, lovely. When I used to do national service, we had a corporal, and he would say, um, 
Vandaag gaan jullie die zon afgooien met klippen. Now, for most of you, you don't know what that means, but it, the implication was you're going to throw the sun down with rocks. In other words, it's going to be a horrible day, and you're going you're to wish the day away, and you're going to wish you could throw the sun and get it to go down quicker. And, uh, and some days were like that. Uh, <laughs> somebody identifies. But you know, some days just go like that. You wake up, and the next thing you say, where did that day go? God gives us life, and one day you can say, where did that day go? Where did it go? Don't waste your day. You never know when the cool of the day will come for you. Be ready at all times. But there's two things I noted about the cool of the day. Firstly, God was patient with them. Sometimes we see God as this real taskmaster. You do something wrong, and he just sends a bolt of lightning. He didn't. They did something wrong. He did nothing. He waited. He waited until the cool of the day. And he came. It says in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, as some consider slowness but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Isn't that beautiful? Because mercy triumphs over judgment. The other thing I noticed about the cool of the day is that he did not abandon them. He didn't say, oh, goodness, that didn't work out. I'm not going to bother there anymore. He still came. And you see, it doesn't really matter God still wants relationship. It doesn't really matter what's happened. He still wants a relationship. And no matter what your situation is, he has no intention of abandoning you. He wants to come to you. So the question, point number five, is where are you? Maybe it's a good time just to ponder, to think about that. Where are you? Is there something you're hiding? Are you like... Adam and Eve making, trying to cover something up. Is there something they're trying to cover? Rather bring it into the light. Are you hiding? Is there some aspect of your life that's hidden or you want, you, you're hiding it from, from the Lord? Hebrews says, nothing in all of creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered. And so where are you? And I believe we must be in that position that we can tune in, hear the sound, and respond and come running to him. And so my, my closing point is, come home. Come home to the arms of the one who loves and cares for you. Come home. I often wonder what would have happened if Adam and Eve had heard the sound of God and rushed out and said, Lord, we have done a terrible thing. Would you forgive us? I wonder, often wonder what would have happened if they hadn't covered everything and hidden in the bushes. And what would have happened? Well, we don't know, but we do know that God eventually sent Jesus to make a plan. 
That we know for sure. And so I'm inviting you to come home, back to a relationship with the Lord, back to a better relationship with the Lord, back to a growing relationship with the Lord. And the picture is so beautifully captured for us in the story of the prodigal son, and with this I close. The prodigal son had everything he wanted, but he went away and did foolish things, and he tried to hide them and keep them, and was eventually feeding pigs and eating pig food and all of this, and eventually the Bible says he came, he came to his senses, and he said, no, I must go, I must go home, I must go home to my father. And it says in Luke 15 and verse 20, it says, so he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And you know what? Your heavenly father's arms wide open. Come home. If you've never given your life to God, Give it to him today. If you've drifted off somewhere, come home. If you just want more, come home. And you know, the interesting thing about the story of the prodigal son is that it says while he was still en route, his father saw him a long way off. His father was waiting for a relationship all along. His father was watching all along. God is just watching for us to see the turn. The moment the father had longed for had finally arrived. It says, secondly, that the father's heart was filled with compassion. God's heart is not full of judgment. It's full of compassion. He didn't send Christ into the world to judge. He sent him to save his father's heart is filled with compassion. And the original Greek speaks of something taking place inside. It actually speaks about things happening in your internal organs. I suppose the best English word is gut-wrenching. It's like, this father was just, ah. It's just like, he was so filled with compassion, it's, it's, it's hard to describe then he runs to his son. Now, I want to tell you, I'm a young man, but running is getting a, lee, a wee bit difficult for me. <laughs> My mother, she don't like running too much. This old man must have picked up his garments, and he must have started running. Now, I want to tell you, for an old man to run is a very undignified thing. He probably had robes. People knew him. He was respected. He picked up those robes and he ran. And I tell you, if we will come home, God will just pick up his garments and run. It's a picture of the heavenly father. It says he threw his arms around him. He threw his arms around him. It doesn't speak of a gentle embrace. 
It says he threw his arms around him. You know, some of us, we've got cultural things where we think, yeah, yeah, we, we're going to shake hands. Or we're going to, hi. <laughs> this father threw his arms around him. It was like, let me just grab that neck and never let it go again. It says that he threw his arms around him. It was forceful, involuntary, and it was a demonstrative act that would remove all doubt and debate. And then it says he kissed him. Intimacy. Intimate, unique personal moment between the son and the father. And the Lord is waiting to do that for you. And so that's the question, where are you? And at the same time, the invitation, come home. There's an old song we used to sing years ago, softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling to you and to me. The verse goes, come home, come home. Ye who are weary, come home. And I wanted to pray for all of us today because in a sense, I know we all want to come home. We all want a better relationship with the Lord. And I thought, what a, what a wonderful way if we could stand together at the beginning of this year and commit our lives to coming home. Would you stand with me? as I close in prayer and we just commit this year to the Lord and we commit our relationship to Him in the year that lies ahead. Father, we come to You in Jesus' name and we come home. We're home. We're home. Throw Your arms around us, Lord. Throw Your arms around us. Forgive us for everything that's covered and hidden and just shower us with your love. We commit our lives and we commit our pursuit of you to you today. We say, God, we want more of you. We want to experience more of you. We choose to come home we want to develop that sensitivity so that we know you're in the garden. You're right here. You're right here. We want to know that no matter when the cool of the day comes, it's the right time because you're there. But there's a moment we can have with you each and every day that we can know relationship with you and we choose that relationship with you above all else. And we declare, we choose you. And so, Lord, I ask that you would come now upon your people, that they would be blessed as they go into this new year. We pray for protection over them and the things you've given them. We pray for healing, health, and restoration. We pray for work opportunities and provision in every way. And we ask that you will just smile upon us, that your grace would rest upon us, and that we would know your peace 
as we go into this new year. And we ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.